Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, on the program today, we are continuing to answer questions from the tens of listeners that we have listening to us. By the way, if you would like to subscribe to our podcast, just go to the iTunes store and look up the Gospel for Life. Uh, Don't worry, we didn't put any of our ugly mugs on the picture there. It's just kind of a a generic picture of a radio. Um, But it's pretty pretty fun programming for the most part. We get into the weeds sometimes, but uh, most of the time we're talking about how the gospel applies to our everyday life. And if you would like to submit a question that we can answer on air, just go to or email us at info at reformationboise.com, and we would love to answer it. So here is the question today, brothers. When we enter heaven, will we remember our sinful earthly lives? If we do remember, will it cause us to be upset? Well, there is a promise in Isaiah. In Isaiah 65, it says, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. I think that there's a, you know, we're reminded in Revelation of of the fact that the last tear is going to be wiped from our eyes. And I think that that we're – we are going to be occupied in a very different way in heaven so that these former things are not remembered. Yeah, the we got to one of the first things we got to do about heaven is get out of our minds the you know cartoon images of heaven that we've seen with you know people sitting on clouds and plucking on harps and and the cartoons that I remember they're usually kind of by themselves and maybe with a few others and don't seem to have very much to do. Mhm. Uh, but in the Bible, uh, in the, particularly you get the vision of heaven in the book of Revelation that the serious business of heaven is worship and the glorification uh, of the Lamb and uh, that uh, the, the worship of God and, and the worship of Jesus Christ. And I, I, I agree 100%, uh, Jonathan. We're, we're going to be so preoccupied and, and thrilled with focusing on, on Jesus Christ and giving him the glory that he's due. And that will be our glory to glorify him. That, that things like regret are going to be washed away, cleansed away, no longer a part of us. Right. As uh, Revelation 21 uh, reminds us that the things that uh, caused us misery and distress are going to be gone. There's going to be no more mourning, pain, death. So no remnant of the curse, no remnant of the fall is going to remain. Um, you know, we You know, we can think about that. These things are going to be gone. It's very much harder to talk about the things that are going to be positive because, uh, you know, in one sense, I has not seen or ear heard the things that yes. God has prepared for them right. that right. love him. So can I – I'm going to have to dissent on this one. Sorry. Good, good. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I agree 100% that there's going to be no regret whatsoever. 
But so if, if we go to Revelation 5 where the scroll is opened up and that song breaks out in heaven, worthy are you to take the, the scroll, to open up its seals, for you were slain and by your blood you ransom people for God. Um, I believe that the, the, the purchase of sinners and – I mean that's, that's the greatest theater of God's glory that's ever been displayed. I mean we, we know from the scripture that – the creation of of a saint of God is is greater than the creation of the world itself, and so um, I, I believe that we are going to remember our sins. But like what Romans five says, where it says the the law came to increase the trespass, but where sin abounded, grace abounded all the more. So I believe, although the regret and all of those things will be finally passed away. I think that when we remember our sin, it will be so overshadowed by the grace of God that it will actually be an occasion to worship Christ mm-hmm. even more. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can go along with that. I, I'm going to dissent to his dissent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I believe we will know in general that we were sinners. But I, I think the overarching promise of the Bible is that God is a God that not only forgives but forgets. Right. And that he is making a deliberate choice that he will not remember our sins anymore. Um, so I think it would have to be a, a point of inconsistency in the character of God for him to allow us to remember what he mm-hmm. is choosing to forget. Hmm. He's making a deliberate choice to not remember, to not recall. Um, and the promises are so. Um, Many and so diverse. It's time and time again he's using different imagery, whether he's going to cast them into the sea, whether he's going to put them behind his back, whether he's going to remove them as far as the east is from the west, whether he actually just makes a straight-up promise, I will remember them no more. The great hope of the child of God is that there's coming a day when not only will sin be removed, but the remembrance of sin will be removed. Mm -hmm. And so I cannot imagine that God would allow the remembrance of sin into his heaven um, because even if it leads to worship, to remember specific sins has to bring with it a remembrance of remorse. Mm -hmm. I I just don't see the necessity there. I I understand the logic of your argument, Mm -hmm. but – to be a redeemed sinner. I mean, I think that's what Romans 5 is saying, where it says, where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. But on, I think this, it, I think but on this side on this of mortal coil. Yeah. So, but there's a difference. And I would just say, how much more so in heaven when we have glorified minds and glorified hearts and glorified affections, where now we're, we're thinking about those things from God's perspective as, as a as opposed to our perspective. I mean, even the language of, even the language of God forgetting our sins I mean, God doesn't forget anything. What what I believe those verses are saying is that God is not bringing them into remembrance as as uh, an offense against Him any longer because those were placed on Christ. It's not as if God lost His omniscience when He said, "I." He hasn't, but He's making a a a, div, a, a choice as a divine being to remember them not. Yeah, and, and I'm saying the book of Revelation, though five is saying that we worship him as our slain lamb, we know that why we're there. Mm-hmm. We know that we're in heaven because we have one that took our sins upon himself. But I'm saying the specific sins that we've committed, sure, there is a great judgment that will occur 
And I believe that great judgment is the last time sin has a voice. Right. And that what happens after that is the creation of a new heaven and a new earth. And the sense is that what happened in the flood, the purging, is going to happen to an uh, to the nth degree at the end, that there's going to be a purging of all sin. And I believe it also is including from, from Revelation 21 – everything that goes along with it. He right. will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall be there mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. I think what, what the book of Revelation is teaching throughout is it's building to this idea that sin is eventually going to be dealt with in, in its entirety, and everything associated with it is done. Mm-hmm. And so I think you can't have the remembrance of specific sins in heaven. Just so you yeah. know, my, my position is not entirely incompatible with yours because I agree that there won't be any regret or remorse. Right. I think the challenge is, is we're, we're imaginatively trying to understand what it's going to be like without a sense of the curse or the sense of woe or anything, how, how that factors in to our worship of the Lamb who was slain before the foundations of the earth. Yeah, I'm thinking of, of one of the most famous parables of Jesus, and, and he, Jesus was not intending the parable, I think, to teach about heaven, but it may, it may shed some light. And I'm thinking about the parable, we usually call it the prodigal son, uh, probably more accurate to call it the waiting father, because there's two sons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but remember, both prodigals, <laughs> and both prodigals, right? One, one, one is the one is the rebellious prodigal, and one is the stay at home, stay at home prodigal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, remember that the young man went off to the far country and and squandered his inheritance in in sinful living. And then Jesus said he came to his senses when he was slopping the hogs and and starving, and remembered that. Remembered his father's house, and that, and he said, even the hired servants back home are better off than I am here. So he goes home, and, and on his way home, he's rehearsing a speech. Remember, it's uh, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy. He's filled with guilt. He's filled with remorse. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Take me in as one of your hired servants. And of course, the, as he nears home, the father sees him at a great distance and runs to him and embraces him and says, bring out the best robe and put it on him, Bring the, put a ring on his finger, um, kill the fatted calf, we're going to celebrate this, my son. But let me stop right there and say, the boy starts to give his speech and the father about his regret, and the father won't even let him get the speech out. Mm-hmm. The father just wants to have a party. <laughs> the father is not even interested in rehearsing the the guilt of the far country and and the guilt that the boy carries and, and while i while i can agree we're all, always going to i think josh we're we're always going to remember that we are redeemed sinners mm-hmm. and and so i guess i'm going to i'm going to cheat and agree with both of you that uh we're always going to remember that we are redeemed sinners uh, but there's going to be not a trace, not a not an iota of regret, remorse, guilt, shame, right. all of that. Every speck of it cleansed away, washed away in, in that, the love there, of the Father. To that, there's no disagreement. Yeah, at all. Mm-hmm. 
I would just say that there's no need to remember specific sins in order to create a response of worship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is because I, I'm going to lean upon Jonathan Edwards' writings in the the glory of the beatific vision will be right. so immense and and grand and glorious and and beyond description that in the in the in the light of the face of Jesus Christ. It's not possible. Actually, I got this from Jonathan Edwards. <laughs> I, I don't think you can remember. I, you cannot yeah. remember specific sins in the face of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. Yeah. yeah, I would go as that that strong. It's impossible mm-hmm. to remember sin as I stand in the face of my Savior. Yeah, can't do it. Right. Not in heaven. Not right. in His heaven. Not in how He describes it in Revelation. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't see it. I think it would be inconsistent with the character of God. Hmm. I would say it that strongly for him to allow that to, to occur. Well, certainly it'd be inconsistent to, to have remorse or regret, no doubt, because that our, mm-hmm. our lamb was sacrificed for all of our sins. Mm-hmm. He's taken away all of, our, all, all of our guilt, all of our condemnation. It's totally on him, 100% agree. Well, this is also a good lesson on uh, how to disagree with one another, because <laughs> we never disagree on anything. That's right. Um, <laughs> Ever. <laughs> well, I, I think well, the, at the end of the day, what we all do agree on is there is coming a time when sin no, will be no more, and the glory of the, of the child of God is to one day be able to worship without sin. Yeah, and I would also say that we are we are disagreeing in an area where we don't know. That's right. We can't Actually, be didn't dogmatic you say you, here. You yeah, know someone who came back from heaven? I, I <laughs> and that's who I'm dependent on. Yeah. Well, you know, we're given glimpses. You know, the Apostle Paul says, now we see through as through a glass darkly. And one day we will see face to face. So there's things we know, absolutely know. Uh, and so we, we, we have our opinions, but we, we hold them with open hands. Yeah. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life around the table. I got real quickly, I have Phil Moran from Christ Press. How you doing, brother? Hey, doing great. And then Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring Reformed. We're doing fine. And then Russ Herman from Cloverdale Reformed. Doing great. I got that right, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. you got them all. <laughs> and uh, my name is Josh. I'm from The Well Boise. And uh, we're, we're so thankful that you would listen to us today. If you have any questions, you can email us at info at reformationboise.com. We'd love to answer those on the air. We'll talk to you next time. 